A star-spanning saga of ancient magic and deep science, vividly told by a modern master, says Dave Gibbons. Kelly Sue DeConnick states, the kind of epic you crave, both noun and adjective. And that doesn't even quite capture Liam Sharp's astonishing scope and vision. There's magic in these pages. Matt Fraction calls it jaw-dropping and epic and massive. He also says this is a gorgeous and incredible and massive swing for the stars that declares his ambitions have taken him to some exciting and undiscovered territories. Bravo, congrats, cheers, and exhale. This is glorious. What are they all talking about? Liam Sharp's upcoming six-issue series, Starhenge, from Image Comics. Liam himself says of the series, I wanted to do my own Image comic for 30 years. I wanted to do a Merlin comic for even longer than that. This is a culmination of so many dreams and ambitions of mine finally being realized, and that makes it the most exciting and personal comic project I've ever done. I can't wait to see it on the shelves. It's also been described as a mashup of the Green Knight and Terminator with all the Arthurian legends, time travel, and killer robots that entails, plus Merlin, Magic, and Mayhem. The first issue debuts in comic shops on July 6th, with final order cut off on June 13th. So now's the time to tell your retailers to order you a copy. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. This is our spotlight on Dark Crisis. Uh, I don't know that we will uh, do a separate spotlight for every single issue of Dark Crisis. DC actually just uh, announced more tie-ins. So it's up to like, I, I don't even know how many books now. They're in the back of every DC book. I guess I could look really fast. In the back of every DC book this month, uh, there or this week anyway, there is a Dark Crisis checklist. And so... Uh, you know, it is a big event. It's going to run throughout the, the remainder of the year. So Rocky and I thought it would be uh, probably for, uh, fortuitous for us to, to do separate Dark Crisis or maybe people that only are going to read Dark Crisis and read a bunch of other DC stuff. Or maybe you're just curious, hey, what is this Dark Crisis about? Um, so let's see. We've got 4, 8, 12, uh, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20, 23 issues. <laughs> starting last month in May with Justice League Road to Dark Crisis, which we covered and mentioned that it you know, maybe didn't need to be read uh, 100% if you want to jump into Dark Crisis. But first week of June here, June uh, 6th, as we're recording this, June 7th as it's released, Dark Crisis number one. And then there's a bunch of uh, tie-ins. Okay. So we'll probably do at least the regular Dark Crisis series, each of those issues, as its own independent spotlight. I imagine a lot of the other stuff, we might do as well, but we're, you know, maybe we're not going to do an episode for every one. But you know, for example, Dark Crisis, Young Justice number one, and The Flash number seven eighty three are the other tie-ins for June. Hopefully, they'll come out in the same week, and we can just cover them um, in in one episode. So, uh, all that to say, Comic Boom and Comic Source will be your one-stop shop for all your Dark Crisis needs. <laughs> uh, we'll do it separate from the regular. Uh, DC spotlight. But if you want to know about the regular DC stuff, we do have our regular spotlight where we'll go in depth on all the other 
books that were released today, except for Pride. Uh, Pride will get its own just because it's so many. It's over 100 pages. It's so many stories. Rather than make the making the regular DC Spotlight longer, we'll do Pride uh, separately. So uh, and that'll probably be out Wednesday. So that being said, Rocky, what did you think of uh, of Dark Crisis number one? Well, first I want to give a shout out to the cover. I, I, I actually like the cover. I thought the cover was pretty cool. I, I like that it was, it's a nice... Uh, it looks like it's going to be a double fold-away cover. I, I don't mind that. Um, this has been teased for quite a while. We've gotten teaser images of this Star Crisis number one by Joshua Williamson for, I think it's been a couple of months going on already. And I, I, I thought this was a little bit, it was a little bit underwhelming, to be, to be completely honest. But it, I, I think it, uh, it, the art was, re, was is beautiful. Like, I mean, the art is beautiful. It starts off with the sort of like a giant, like a, a memorial service for the, for the, for the fall and for the death of the justice league that we saw in justice league 75. Uh, of course, uh, John Kent and, uh, and, uh, y- Yara floor and, uh, all, all, all the legacy characters, all the Titan teen Titans. I mean, everyone is showing up for this funeral. Really. It's a, it's a beautiful, a beautiful double page spread. Nightwing of course is giving the, the, the service, and Nightwing, of course, was uh, in the road to final, the road to Dark Crisis. Sorry, the road to Dark Crisis. Uh, Nightwing agreed to, uh, you know, to, to give a speech. Uh, he agreed with John Kent, and the road to Dark Crisis had them meeting and talking about the loss of the Justice League. And so that this is where this starts off. This entire uh, this entire issue was really about was really about John Kent trying to form a new Justice League. What's happened is that the Justice League is is dead, and strangely enough, uh, and this is one of my minor criticisms of this issue, is we've had this, it feels this issue that, that the world doesn't really kind of appreciate that the Justice League is dead, and nobody, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel that there's a lot of gravitas to, to the loss, and it's... All we know is that the, all the criminals, all the supervillains are really acting up all over the world. Uh, John Kent has noticed it, and of course uh, Wally West has uh, noticed it, and all the various members of the Justice League have noticed that there, there's a lot of chaos happening all over the world, and that uh, you know people are crying that the world will be swallowed by darkness. Uh, and of course, there's this every various villains are talking about the great darkness, but. Strangely enough, Doctor Fate can't find any evidence that that of the Great Darkness battling the Justice League. Green Lantern comes back again from his conversation with Jackson Hyde in the Road to Dark Crisis, and he he basically wants to find out what's going on. Where's the Justice League? He's told that they're all dead, and then when he's basic, when John Kent takes him in front of Black Adam, well, Black Adam tells basically summarizes the event saying, you know, we, we went to fight this dark army and I, I called in the lightning to take out Pariah. And then all of a sudden, boom, we were all gone, but I saw the justice league die and they are definitely dead. Hell Jordan immediately. And perhaps rightly so given his distrust of black Adam, because black Adam has traditionally been a villain. Uh, he calls into question saying, why do you trust Black Adam? And of course, Hal Jordan's been gone for a while. And we know that from, for those of us who've been reading a green lantern, he's been gone. Hal Jordan's been off earth for a while. So he doesn't realize or perhaps appreciate that Black Adam has sort of, uh, at least since, uh, since future state, dark Adam has taken on more of a good guy role. And that good guy role of Black Adam has been built upon in, in Bendis's Justice League leading into the death of uh, the Justice League in issue 75 of Justice League. So 
But so he expresses some serious stout. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, John Kent, uh, he's there's beautiful imagery of him staring at these giant statues that have already been put up. I mean, I don't know. I guess they've only been dead a week or four days, five days. I'm not clear how long it's been since they've been dead. I think those were there before they died even. Were they? I think so. Okay. I want to say that we saw them previously, but but yeah, I mean, either way, it uh, is a fair. good, yeah, yeah, it is great art, especially that final panel with the sun, yeah, uh, on John's face. So you got to give a lot of credit, not not just for the line work of Daniel Sampier, but the uh, the colors of Alejandro Sanchez. Fantastic yeah. work. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the the art here really is fantastic, and this is a beautifully put together comic book. And I will say this: I, I actually enjoyed. I like the, the. There's a scene where uh, John Kent flies and and actually uh, tries to recruit Yara Floor, Wonder Girl, to join uh, his, a new Justice League that he's forming. And he meets Jerry, her flying Pegasus horse, and and she kind of like takes a almost takes offense that J Jerry obviously likes him because <laughs> everybody loves John Kent, everybody loves a Superman, and he try, tries to recruit her, but. Yara Four feels it's more important that she stays to take care of her her Amazons and take care of the the, the rainforest in Brazil. And I, I was a little bit surprised at how much difficulty John can face trying to put together a new Justice League. I'm astonished that does nobody know that. I mean, I thought it was was it not common knowledge that the Great Darkness was was a threat, and I guess it wasn't. I guess it wasn't, and 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 that's one of the I think. I think within the continuity of the story, one of the things that really stands out here is that when you and I have reviewed, obviously, DC all year, it actually is true that each individual DC title, no one ever talked about the Dark Crisis. And we had we had Infinite Frontier going into Justice League Incarnate, but that seemed to be isolated and on its own. They were doing their own thing. And the only one that was part of that was Barry Allen. And no one seemed to, no one seems to care about well, Barry Allen. I mean, they... It's what I was – I've talked about it so much about how this – leading into this dark crisis, it doesn't feel important because it feels so disconnected. And if it's really a story – I mean, again, I talked about this so many times. If it's really a story that's going to affect the future of the DCU, why isn't it tying into to more things? You know, in, So yeah. in a way, it's sort of sort of meta, and, and it goes into why I felt this was a little underwhelming as well. It, it's meta in that, okay, the Justice League is dead, but you're right. It doesn't it really seem to have much impact – in fact, Road to, we talked about Road to Dark Crisis, the one shot that we've had so far, being more of – it should have been like death of the Justice League epilogue because all the stories were about the impact of the supposed death of the Justice League. But even in those, it's like everybody's like, well, they're gone for now. And where it gets meta is we know in comics these characters are you know worth a lot of money to their respective publishing houses. And so they're not going to be gone forever because you're not going to kill your golden goose so even you know within the, within in universe continuity, they're they're like yeah they're not really dead. It goes to what you were saying about John Kent having trouble recruiting. I wasn't really surprised by it, only because when Joshua Williamson was on the show, he goes yeah there's not going to be a new Justice League that's put together. You, know, you can argue whether that's the case or not, but I wasn't really surprised that John had a, a hard time because the people are like yeah they're not really gone. Damien comes out and really says it. My father's not dead, right? Like he knows yeah. these heroes are going to come back. And so every, all the rest of the heroes he tries to recruit, they're like, eh, the Justice League will be back eventually. So why do we need to form a new Justice League just to get kicked out later yeah. or what have you? But you're right. Um, one of the things that we are really starkly reminded of is, yeah, the, this great darkness. It, not only is it not common knowledge to like the average DC Universe citizen, 
it's not even common knowledge amongst the heroes. That the, yeah. and, and 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 to your point, yeah, that um, it sounds like Barry uh, or uh, Wally West rather is going to go out looking. Right, that's what Hal tells him: go find the crime scene. They need to go out and find this great darkness. So, I mean, part of the re- this, I, I, like, please tell me if you disagree, Rocky. But to me, this issue felt a lot like setup. This issue should have been called Road to Dark Crisis. Yeah. Rather than that anthology we got. Because it feels, it doesn't, at least to me, it doesn't feel like the Dark Crisis has started yet based on this issue. We don't even see, we don't even, we see Pariah briefly. We don't even see his Dark Army. And we don't see the big, the great darkness, whatever that is, if it's going to be embodied or whatever. So, yeah, Yeah. eh, I don't, I don't know. It, it It was weird. Yeah, anyway, it, I didn't mean to inter- interrupt your. No, recap. that's no. I, I appreciate that because you reinforce my, my own feeling, and 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 I guess it's frustrating myself personally. I've and I've I've bitched about the Wonder Woman angle of this for a long time. I I thought the whole reason Wonder Woman came back was to deal with the lurking threat that was the Great Darkness, and so this has been something that's been building for an entire year, and here we get to this first issue. And nobody seems to really care about it. And they're even doubting Dr. Fate. Everyone seems to be literally in the dark. Are you serious? I mean, Darkseid was a major threat. Justice League incarnate never even bothered to tell the Justice League until the last minute that, by the way, we have this great darkness. Nobody is on monitor duty. You mean the Justice League just took off in Justice League 75 and never left a memo and said, by the way, we're going to fight it. You know, it's just, I know things happen so quickly, but it just seemed really, really odd here. But in any ways... We won't belabor the point. Suffice to say that John Kent here is is moving to uh, he's moving to try to recruit as many uh, members as he can, and he 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 try. Yara Four says no. He then talks to uh, Jace uh, Jace Fox, who is uh, the Batman of New York City, and he's not interested in joining. And uh, he's very so. I mean, he's doing his own thing. So. Nobody, again, he's having a very hard time here. Uh, and I'll, I'll be blunt, you know, at the end here, you know, Superboy, man, or I call him Superboy, <laughs> uh, John Kent manages to put together a really odd, eclectic team here. And I find it funny, uh, Dr. Light right away is in, Swamp Thing says no. And I would think, why would Swamp Thing say no? Doesn't Swamp Thing know that there's a great darkness? Does even Swamp Thing not aware that there's a great darkness? That's really surprising to me. Harley Harley says, really? I mean, most people are thinking the same thing. Harley Quinn and the Justice League, really? This uh, seems very haphazard. Uh, You know, uh, Killer Frost, even Supergirl, uh, you know, I don't know. I just got back. Like, as if Supergirl would say, no, Superman is dead. Your cousin is dead. And you're going to sit there while your dog licks your face and you're all happy and gleeful and you're going to say no? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Again, it's just... I realize it was just a, a, a rendering, but a just a rendering. But it seems everything about this seems a little bit off. And and then even I thought an interesting firestorm says I can't after you know I'm not sure if firestorm is referring to Doomsday Clock. He's rolling Doomsday Clock in Russia. Um, uh, of course, we got Booster Gold and and uh, Blue Beetle. They they're definitely in. Naomi feels guilty for not being there. Uh, Shazam. Uh, expressing distrust in Black Adam. I'm not sure why he would, because he trusts Black Adam now, or certainly the younger version of Black Adam. But in any event, things... uh, Being a little bit harsh here, I have to admit that maybe there's slim pickings now with, with the Justice League being eliminated. 
this new Justice League, or what John Kent calls the new Justice League, and and as you said, Joshua Williamson said that there is not going to be a new Justice League. Well, I guess there is going to be a new Justice League. I don't know if that's misdirection or not, but to have Killer Frost, Supergirl, Dr. Light, Frankenstein, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Harley Quinn, Jackson Hyde, and Damien on a team, that, that's a cool, interesting team. And I suppose that's all you got left. I mean, you, you know, it's something. I have to admit, I am a little bit curious to see what happens with it. Black Adam, rightfully, and maybe Black Adam's kind of a dick. He kind of tells John Kent, like, you're too young. You know, you don't know what you're doing. You can't lead. We all know who has to be the leader here. And then, of course, who is he talking about? He's talking about Nightwing, Dick Grayson. And I think most fans, most readers would 100% agree with that. If we're looking for a leader and Batman's not there, the, 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 the hero that everyone loves in the DC Universe right now, who is probably the ultimate symbol of hope, both within the continuity and even outside, thanks to Tom Taylor's Nightwing run, it's going to be Dick Grayson. And so it's appropriate that Dick Grayson comes to the table. And I, that's probably my, I think, in terms of my heart, in my heart, that's where my heart's with Dick Grayson here. And I really like that. Um, there's a reference here. Dick Grayson is obviously like Team Titans Academy. The, the most exciting part of this issue, though, is Deathstroke getting all the supervillains. Remember that Deathstroke was resurrected from the Lazarus pit. He was killed by Talia in Shadow War. He was resurrected, and whether he's been corrupted a little bit in his mind, he's now sick and tired of de dealing with the Titans and his enemies, and he just wants to wipe them out. And he gets his all his uh, secret society of supervillains, and he attacks Titan's Tower, and he uh, he does. He's taken no prisoners, and probably in the most uh, the, the the death that everyone will be talking about uh, is going to be he he actually shoots he kills Beast Boy shoots him right in the head takes him out, and the shocking thing about that is that in Tim Sheridan's run in Teen Titans Academy, Changeling Beast Boy is merged with Cyborg. They're they're psychologically merged and. It never did make sense because Tim Sheridan did a really bad job with Teen Titans Academy. The, we know that Raven somehow made it appear that Cyborg and Beast Boy were separate entities, even though they're not. I didn't understand it. It was never explained. It was terribly explained. I don't know how Beast Boy can be shot and killed. Does this mean Cyborg is dead as well? I don't know. Uh, but I'm wondering if Joshua Williamson even had any idea of the gong show that Tim Sheridan created in, in Teen Titans Academy because Beast Boy and Cyborg are psychologically or they're, they're tied up in the same body uh, is my understanding unless you, you can tell me different. But I, th this really I find, found really, really baffling. And so unfortunately, the big death in this issue, uh, the death of Beast Boy, is completely convoluted for anybody who was reading, reading Teen Titans Academy and it's it's really really unfortunate, and I don't think it bodes well at all. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, in the meantime, uh, well, I, I kind of thought maybe that was how they're going to get away, get around. Like he's not actually dead because he shot a hologram. Maybe I don't. That's a good point. Yeah, you you make you make actually a good point. Maybe so. Maybe he's not really. Fair enough. You know what? Maybe because they have that hybrid, maybe that was all planned by Tim Sheridan. Uh, so, sure. Uh, it seems well, really... Well, I, I would think it would be more... 
this is Joshua Williamson making the best out of what Tim Sheridan did. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, it's just and that- to be to be fair, he holds the gun to his head, and then we get that last panel where you know it just says yeah. "bang." We don't actually see it happen. So yeah, yeah. typical cliffhanger I- type of comic thing. That, that's right. Uh, although I do say, though, I, I, I think that's cheap theatrics, though, uh, because it, it's such, it was such a stupid thing to do with Beast Boy and Changeling at the end of Teen Titans Academy. And if, and, and if the sole reason they did that was to have misdirection at the death of Beast Boy here, shame on them. It's just, it's so, it's just, it's just a, it's so disappointing. I mean, good, you know, wouldn't it be nice if somebody actually died and stayed dead? I mean, and let's be full disclosure here. I would not lose sleep. Of Beast Boy never came back. If they killed off Terra Malkarf, why not kill off Beast Boy? I, you know, let Deathstroke have his revenge. Who's going to miss Beast Boy? Raven? <laughs> Come on. A Raven can, you know, find a piece of tail anywhere else. I mean, it, it, really. She might as well do Cyborg, right? Because, they're, you know, he, he, his, his Beast Boy's consciousness can survive in a machine. Why not? But I digress. Um, it ends with Pariah. It shows a fanatical Pariah. Presumably somewhere in the in the in the great darkness that not even Doctor Fate can detect, and he's and he's he's saying that I'll use the deaths of the Justice League to destroy the multiverse, and I'm not sure how he can do that. How can he, you know, how 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 will Pariah weaponize the death of the Justice League? We're not really sure. I'm I'm not sure how it can do that. What does the how does the death of the Justice League somehow? become weaponized that's of course the, the secret that we're going to have to wait to see but um overall i was uh, a little bit underwhelmed at the beginning i uh you know i thought the death was a was a you know uh, was tainted by teen titans academy uh but at least we're off to the races now and i'm it's i do think that this is i do think this is actually new reader friendly dare i say I think this is easy to catch on to. I don't think it's that convoluted. Some positive things. If somebody wants to come in for a crisis here, uh, I think that this is a this is not bad. You don't need to read Road to Road to Fight, Road to Dark Crisis to get into this. I think this is new reader friendly. I think the art's fantastic. I think it's relatively straightforward enough. And Joshua Williamson has got my faith because he had some pretty cool cliffhanger moments through infinite frontier and justice league incarnate he had a lot of fun with that with various issues he it was unpredictable it was all over the place and so i'm expecting big things here and i'm hoping it gets better than this but he's just setting the stage here so i'm going to cut him some slack yeah i mean again a first issue is always hard to do and you're right this is new reader friendly you know what? For all for all my love that I have for it, and for the fact that it's a seminal work, especially if you want to be a true you know DC Comics fan, you got to read Crisis on Infinite Earth. I remember reading it back in the day, and you know I was a pretty big DC fan. Certainly, you know I didn't have the pocketbook back then when I was whatever twelve years old uh, to be buying every DC comic, but uh, I felt like I was a pretty big DC fan. And I wouldn't say it was – I understood it, but I wouldn't say it was new reader friendly. That first Crisis on Infinite Earths is <laughs> <Yeah>. dense. <laughs> uh, but it was so it was so exciting. It was it felt so big and epic in scope. This doesn't. This feels like setup, and it is new reader friendly, and it feels like setup, and it doesn't feel you know super big in scope. And that's okay, I guess. Um, 
but it does lend to that feeling of, yeah, it, this is a little, this is a little underwhelming. So, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's, you know, not worth reading or anything like that, but, um, yeah, it, it kind of felt like it was only okay. Um, at least narratively, as far as, you know, the story goes, um, or, or the art goes rather, uh, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. It, it's so good. Uh, you know, we knew that Daniel Samper was on something big. He said as much when, you know, he was on the show last time and, uh, you know, we can understand why he needed a bit of a head start because yeah, the, the work that he's done here is, is really, really good. So, um, it, it just, even, and I, you know, we say it's set up, but even though it's set up, it, I mean, you want it to be something where it's going to really excite you for what comes next. And I don't know that it, it does that really, really well, you know? Um, so again, it's only, it's only okay narratively. Um, so, and I, and I don't know how you really would, would make it better. Uh, other than call it a prelude rather than saying it's issue one of the series. Um, you know, maybe you call it, Hey, this is just the prelude. There's, there's much more interesting parts of the story to come. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, it's a little bit, it, it's kind of, kind of mad. You know, what's funny is that I actually, when I went back and I looked, I thought infinite front, the first issue of infinite frontier really enticed me. It was pretty good. And the first issue of Justice League Incarnate whet my appetite. And yet this first issue of Dark Crisis, maybe it's because it's setting the stage a little bit, does feel a little bit underwhelming. But he is sort of putting the pieces in play. The Justice League uh, did die. He's trying to set the pieces in place and what have you. Uh, but there was surprisingly very little, with uh, other than the fact that Pariah is at the end of it, there's really no reference, there's really no... Uh, visual reference of who the what the great darkness is in this opening issue. So people who are maybe just reading Marvel and are coming over to check out a DC Crisis for the first time in a while, <laughs> in a year, uh, Dark Crisis. There's there's no you know other than on the cover. Well, who's what's the Dark Army? What's this great darkness? I mean, even the heroes don't know. Well, we've been talking about this for like a year already, and this opening issue. The entire DC universe, mainstream DC universe, doesn't really seem to know about a dark crisis, and it's it just seems kind of like seriously, it seems very kind of shocking. So in that way, it just feels a little bit off. That way, it's it feels like it was uh, maybe written at an earlier time, and but in any event, um, I mean, I'm hoping it builds because it is again, it's easy to follow, it's easy to sort of catch on to uh, at this point, but I really hope it it picks up the adrenaline rush. Yeah. I mean, again, it just, we only get seven issues and this is the first issue and, and really not that much happens other than John trying to recruit a new league. And, and maybe it's because, you know, it's kind of interesting who he gets, you know, you alluded to that. It's, it's not exactly what you would consider a listers. Uh, and maybe that's why it feels sort of underwhelming or sort of jokey. Um, but yeah, it just, again, it just feels a little, feels a little strange uh and another thing that's interesting some people may not know this so there was some images that leaked of of that page that's on uh if you're watching this on youtube where john's there announcing ah oh, the new justice league uh and this was a few months ago 
And when it when it first leaked, that image of Supergirl in the upper left corner was Mary Marvel, and it got changed uh, just recently, obviously before before release. And you wonder, well, there's a new Shazam series that's coming up later this year, starring Mary Marvel rather than Billy Batson. And so you wonder, is that why they made the change? I think it's a more interesting team with Mary Marvel, if only because we've gotten so many fewer stories with her than with Kara. Um, But I just thought, yeah, I thought I would mention it. But you know what? Really, Daniel Semper art is so good that I feel like uh, that's worth the price of admission. (laughs) Just it's worth it's worth picking this up just for that. So, yeah, Yeah, I'll just add I'll add one final thing, and that is that if. If they are aware that a great dark army or a great darkness has killed the Justice League, I cannot believe that. I mean, if the Justice League inspires so many heroes, very clearly they they're not an inspiration enough for enough heroes to step up to the plate. The fact that only these heroes, and that you got to get somebody like Harley Quinn, a site like somebody who's who suffers from who's not who's mentally ill, the fact that you can only get this group of people to step up to the plate to be the new Justice League. Is that really what the Trinity inspires? Is that really what the Big Seven inspired? Was just this? Uh, I mean, what does it take to, to get them to, to to really come together? So in one respect, this is extremely sort of underwhelming. And like, because when, when you think about it, this is, this is astonishingly disappointing. I mean, this is, this would be a toss up. I would, I, Honestly, I would probably teen, the taking the members of Teen Titans Academy and putting them against this new Justice League. I think it might be a toss up. I mean, they this you know whatever. I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh here, but <laughs> I mean, come on. And and just I, I have to say this: uh, Supergirl's costume is awful. I mean, why are they changing her costume and giving her a full body out? Why? Why? She's gorgeous with the. I mean. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like her new outfit. Where's the? Why did? Where did the new outfit come from? But anyways, that's me. That's me uh, nitpicking there. But I mean, Supergirl has to wear the. I want her to wear the, the 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 shorts or the or the skirt. You know, not not this. I I think they're going for the CW look, which is even worse. And I just find it very unfortunate. But it's I guess another example of uh, sort of uh, trying to connect the uh, different uh, the TV to the comics. But that's my nitpick. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I guess we'll see what happens when the the next issue drops. I, I gotta think you gotta you gotta again. I go back to that original crisis and just how fast paced it was and how quickly everything was happening. And this just feels a little, little slow. You know, beyond just not much happening other than John recruiting the team. Like the pace is is kind of slow as well. So uh, we'll see what the next. I mean, I but I'm intrigued. Like I want to know what's going to happen. Like what is the dark crisis? What you know, how, like you said, maybe the most intriguing part is this idea of Pariah weaponizing the um, the death of the Justice League. I'm very curious about that. Well, how, how's he going to use the, the death of the Justice League as a way to destroy the multiverse? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't really make much sense, but yeah. um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we shall. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts, Rocky? Uh, well, no, I'm... I'm I'm really curious to see what this new Justice League is going to do. I, they, honestly, I'm, I, I like Frankenstein. He's cool, but I don't find it particularly impressive. I do note that in one of the alternate covers for this, 
for Dark Crisis number one. It's the cover suggests that there might be some romance between Keller Frost and Frankenstein. I know that's just the cover. Uh, it's it's a cover where uh, Frankenstein is giving Killer Frost a, a flower. Uh, it seems really really odd, but uh, there you have it. Killer Frost goes from I think I thought she had a relationship with Ryan Choi, the the Adam, but now she goes from the Adam to Frankenstein. That's that's quite a difference of uh, boyfriends. But uh, in any event, Killer Frost can can sleep with who she wants to uh, in this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the DC universe, you know. I mean, it's. LGBTQ and pride and everything. So Killer Frost wants to sleep with Frankenstein. So be it. But uh, uh, I'm looking forward to see where this goes. I just I do think this was underwhelming. And fingers crossed that this gets better. Yeah, I mean I trust Joshua Williamson. I think it I think it will. But again, I think this uh, this should have been Road to, to Dark Crisis because there just wasn't that much that happened. Um, but as far as covers go, there and, and you know I referenced the original and still the best Crisis in my mind. Christ on Infinite Earths. There is a cover C from Jim Lee, actually, where uh, it's kind of an homage cover. So I'm definitely picking up that one. But there's tons of other great covers as well. There's so many great covers for this. I'm going to struggle not to get too too many of them, I think. Because uh, how many how many covers do you really need? I'll probably end up picking up two or three. Um, yeah, this one, the one of Pariah, which is an incentive cover. Uh, which is painted by, I think, Stephen Beach, I think is the artist's name, is, mm. is fantastic as well, uh, where Pariah is just kind of looking up screaming and just all this darkness is like boiling out of his eyes. Just fantastic looking. So I'll have to probably pick that one up as well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Uh, don't forget to listen to our regular DC Spotlight with uh, the rest of the books, except for Pride, which will be its own separate uh, episode probably coming out on Wednesday. Uh, don't forget, if you're listening to us audio only, be sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to Rocky's channel. Just do a search for Comic Space Boom! Exclamation point. Make sure you like this video, ring the notification bell, subscribe so you know when new content comes out. Conversely, if you always check us out on YouTube and you're curious about the other content that's coming out, the audio only content from the Comic Source, go ahead and uh, search for the Comic Source on your favorite podcasting platform or app. And you'll find us and just hit that subscribe button. Got some pretty cool interviews coming up uh, specifically for some Skybound YA stuff. So you're not going to want to miss it. So uh, appreciate everybody joining. Don't forget to listen to the other episode, DC Spotlight, today. And we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The readings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.